Welcome to Ed Council Insights. This is our podcast to provide insights into new developments in the Missouri education community. If you are a Missouri school leader, school board member, or any public educational decision maker in Missouri, well, you are in the right place. Welcome to the 50th episode of Ed Council Insights. We're glad our listeners could join us today and with election day coming up very quickly. Yes, it's that time again. Not for a municipal election that would include school board elections, but we have our general election coming up, which is, of course, on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November in even numbered years. So, but even though it's general election, it is something that is, it will impact school districts. I know everybody's looking forward to uh, the election, if for no other reason than to have it over with so we can stop getting bombarded by the political ads uh, that seem to hit us at this time of general election years. But this is something that does present a number of legal issues for school districts, like the use of school facilities as polling places. And even leave for some of our school employees to either vote or act as an election judge. So we thought it would be a good idea to take a few minutes, talk through some of the issues that may arise for your school district on this general election day. With me today to talk through the election issues is my partner, Tom Smith. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Glad to be back. Absolutely. Special episode, the 50th, believe it or not. Yeah. Well, uh, you ready to talk election issues? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I guess where I would like to start, Tom, is that schools often end up being used as polling places. Um, Obviously, a number of other types of facilities are used as well. But with schools, I guess the question I would have is not only why is it and is it required if you're a school district and the election authorities say that uh, yeah, you're going to have a polling place in your building. Are we required to do it? Technically, yes. There is a legal requirement to do that under Missouri law. And I, you know, I never really understood why schools were used as polling places before I got into school law way back when. But having done this job, that's an issue that comes up and a question that we've gotten before. Is, hey, I got a call from our election authority. They want to use one of our schools. Do we have to let them? Yes, you do. There's a specific Missouri statute that talks about it. That's 115.117. And basically what it says is that the election authority can designate any tax-supported public building or buildings owned by any political subdivision or special district. And school districts being political subdivisions fall into that. Uh, So they can designate those buildings to be used as polling places for any election. And the statute goes even further after that and says that no official in charge or in control of any of those buildings can refuse to permit the use of the building as a polling place. So it lets the election authority designate it, and then it tells the whoever's in charge of that building, you can't say no. And then the final part of it is that it says that the election authority gets to choose where in that building, they're what part of that building they're going to use as the polling place itself. So like, regardless of where they want to do it on my campus, if I think, hey, this is going to lead to problems with traffic flow, it's going to be an issue with parent pickup, it's going to be, 
regardless of those issues, obviously you're going to present them and talk through those issues with the, the election authorities. But even if those are problems for you, the election authority gets to decide. Yeah, they, they get to make that decision. Now, like you said, you're, there's going to be conversations with the election authority beforehand. I've never seen an election authority just randomly designate a school to be a polling place without there being a conversation beforehand. You know, uh, an administrator finding out because they get their uh, their notification card in the mail and that their polling place is at their school. Never seen that happen before. Usually there's conversations about it or it's been a historical practice that that school has been used as a polling place. Regardless, it's always a good idea to maintain open lines of communication with your election authority so that you know if there's going to be any changes to what schools in your district traditionally are used as polling places. You know, they may decide they're going to change up the precincts and add another school in there, something like that. But if you have those open lines of communication, you can get ahead of it and try to hopefully mitigate any type of or minimize any type of disruption that's going to result from that building being a polling place. Okay, so let's talk about the um, the whole building being open to the public versus just having maybe the gym or some other designated area. I mean, how does that work? Right, so that's a good point. You know, the, the election authority gets to choose the building, but that doesn't mean that they get to take over our building. They get to designate which part of the building is going to be used as that polling place. So let's use a, a gymnasium as an example. If the election authority comes in and says, hey, we're going to designate the elementary school as the polling place, but we're going to use the gymnasium as the actual polling place where people are going to go in and vote, we're going to have everything set up. That doesn't mean that now we have to keep the whole building open and anyone can come in any entrance they want. They can walk around in the building. And, and do whatever they want that really the area that's designated as the polling place is what is go we have to keep open uh, for voting the rest of the building we can keep locked down so we can say hey you know there's these exterior doors along the gymnasium those are going to be your entrances and exits for people coming in the poll workers the people voting those are the entrances and exits they're going to use. The main entrance of the school, other exterior doors, those are going to remain locked. We're going to put signs out directing people where to go. Same thing inside. Those doors within the gymnasium that lead to the rest of the school, we can make sure that those are locked or we have someone there that, that's monitoring that and making sure that people are coming in and out through that door are actually authorized to do it. Generally, you know, depending on the size of your school and the activities you have planned that day, it may not be that big of a deal to have a polling place there, but you know if it's a smaller school, and particularly if they're using a, an area of the school that that's critical on a daily basis, it may be worth. And we see districts do this a lot. They just say, "Hey, you know what? We're going to say that election day we're not having school because we know that we're going to get used as a polling place, and that's going to disrupt everything." So. We're going to make that a uh, professional development day, something like that. And then we don't have to worry about the kids being in the, in the building at the same time. But it all starts, it all kind of goes back to having that conversation with your election authority, knowing which buildings are going to be used and planning ahead for that. Yeah, it wouldn't hurt to do like a walkthrough or something. I know that a lot of these buildings get used on a recurring basis so that everybody kind of after a while starts to understand the drill. But 
it seems to me that it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to just even have somebody on site that's going to be there that day kind of talking through, okay, here's how we're going to do this. Here's the traffic flow. Here's what we're doing in this instance, that sort of thing. But it seems to me that you're exactly right. The communication between the election authorities and the school really needs to be there. Well, um, let me ask you this. Are there other restrictions that you would say apply to the building itself? There are, you know, because it's a polling place, the same restrictions that apply to any polling place are, are going to be in effect. The fact that it's a school building doesn't really affect those. Uh, the biggest one that comes up the most is what we call the 25 foot rule. That's uh, another statute. It's part of the what we the class four election offenses. And what that the particular part of that statute states is that things like exit polling, surveying, sampling, electioneering, uh, distributing literature, posting signs, things like that, even placing a, a vehicle bearing a sign with respect to any candidate or ballot measure is prohibited on election day at an election site if you're within 25 feet of the building's outer door closest to the polling place. So little little confusing with that with that wording but essentially you're looking at the exterior doors of the polling place itself so if we go back to the example of the gymnasium the gymnasium is our polling place we're going to look at okay 25 feet from all the exterior doors of the gymnasium however many exterior doors you have you can't have campaign signs for example within that 25 foot buffer you can't have people standing there uh, asking people as they walk out, hey, who did you vote for? Handing out literature, pamphlets, anything like that. There's a 25-foot buffer zone there that, that they, can't, they can't cross. So it doesn't mean that it's going to be because our school buildings are being designated as polling places that suddenly it's open season for advertisements for candidates or, or signs being put up or anything like that. Uh, Making a building a polling place doesn't mean that everyone can come in. We can't keep anybody out. and They can do whatever they want in our building. A lot of rules here. Um, <laughs> when it comes down to enforcement, is it the school's obligation? I mean, how's that work uh, in terms of all these rules and, and who enforces that? Generally, it's going to be the poll workers that are going to be responsible for enforcement. Though kind of the caveat to that is when someone makes a request of a district employee to, particularly when we talk about that 25-foot rule. So let's say someone is violating the 25-foot rule and they're inside of that buffer zone and they're putting signs up and a voter who's in line sees it and they come and they find the first official looking person that they see. And it doesn't happen to be a poll worker, it's a, a district employee. And they say, hey, they're not supposed to be doing that. You need to take that sign down. Once they've made that request of us, then it becomes our obligation at that point. So usually in those situations, what we recommend is have a plan in place, talk to your employees beforehand, and have a designated person on site, like you said, that is going to be responsible for handling situations like that. So if one of our employees gets a request, hey, they're, they're within the buffer zone, they need to take that sign down or, you know, there's also an election offense involving breach of peace or disorderly conduct at a polling place. If they come and they say, hey, this guy's out of control, you need to do something. Now that employee knows because of the plan we have in place, 
I'm going to go find this administrator because they're responsible and I'm going to report it to them. And then that administrator knows, okay, I'm going to go talk to the poll workers and together we're going to go handle this. Or if it's a disorderly conduct situation, we're going to contact law enforcement or hopefully you even have an SRO on hand in the building that day and you can contact the SRO. That's what I was going to ask. You think it's a good idea to have an SRO or law enforcement uh, just in that area on the day on election day i think it's a great idea i mean especially as we're seeing things get a lot more heated during election seasons it it certainly can't hurt to have a law enforcement presence there whether it's you know city county or just the sro that's always in your building having someone there to kind of keep the peace i think is a good idea so i kind of want to go back to this 25 foot rule um (laughs) that bubble that exists under the law, the, you know, when you look at it, because a lot of districts prohibit the campaigning on district property and, you know, they can't have signage within a particular, you know, place and distribution of pamphlets is, you know, that's prohibited. So how does that square? Because the 25 foot rule that you're talking about that's in the law, it almost, it's almost as if it implies that if you get outside of that bubble, you're okay, even if you are still on school property and the school may restrict what's going on on their property? I mean, how's that all get reconciled? Yeah, I mean, it, it gets really confusing on when can we do this and when, when can't we. District property, generally, if you look at it in the terms of, you know, in the First Amendment context, it's generally considered to be a non-public forum or a limited public forum. And what I mean by that is, It's not free access to all. Things like sidewalks and parks are what we would consider a a traditional public forum. A limited forum or a non-public forum are things that may be publicly paid for, but they're not open to all at all times. Uh, So district property, non-public forum or a limited public forum, and that allows us to place certain restrictions in terms of things like advertisements or just using the property in general. And that's why you see most districts tell people, hey, no campaigning, no campaign signs on district property, nothing like that. As long as it's a blanket ban for everybody, then it's considered a reasonable restriction within the bounds of the forum that we've created. Where you run into issues with that is when you say, okay, candidate X, you can put your sign on our property, but candidate Y, you can't. Then you run into another Missouri law that prohibits a public entity like a school district from using public funds to advocate, support, or oppose a candidate or a ballot measure. And the term public funds is defined very broadly. So you're not talking just about cash. You're talking about use of facilities as well. So you know, that's why most districts say, no, nothing at all. Uh, but when we get to election day, that's where things change. Because now if it's election day and our building is being used as a polling place, now someone can argue we're no longer that non-public forum. We may be a limited public forum. We could even be a traditional public forum. And the pu- traditional public forum is what people would focus on to say, hey, you're a traditional public forum at least on election day itself. Therefore, you can't restrict us from coming on and campaigning on district property or putting up signs or anything like that. It's arguable as to whether or not it 
really a school district being used as a polling place or a school is in fact a traditional public forum just because it's being used on election day as a polling place. But rather than take on the risk of someone making the claim that we're violating their rights by saying they can't do that on election day, it's usually a better tactic to just say, okay, every other day of the year, we're not allowing it. But on election day at that building, not everywhere in the district, just at that building being used as a polling place, we're going to allow it on that day around the polling place. You know, if we have uh, a very large campus and we have, you know, three different buildings on it, but only one of them is being used as a polling place, that doesn't mean that on election day, people can come on our property and put signs everywhere on that entire property, even around the buildings that aren't being used as a polling place. But we can uh, allow them to have it around the polling place outside of that 25 foot buffer zone maybe on the entrance leading up to there uh, on the road and, and the exit as well. So it's really kind of a carve out just for election day when we have to allow something like this to happen or we could allow something like this to happen. Uh, that's really where you've, you've got that big difference on you know any other day where we have that prohibition versus why do we allow this on election day? All good points. You know, I kind of, was uh, giving you a hard time at the top of this about, you know, we have to open the door for the election authority and the election authority gets to decide some of these things. Generally speaking, I've found that school administrators tend to want to support the public function of having a polling place. It's not that they're opposed to it. It's some of these issues that you were just talking about and having to deal with reconciling those things. And, and maybe they've had a dust up in the past and they're like, hey, take your rodeo somewhere else. I don't necessarily want to play these games on school property and disrupt the educational environment. But it is a civic function, right? And it's something that we generally want to support. It's just I think we have to kind of carefully manage some of these things. And there are some rules that say that we have limitations in regulating it. But uh, there are some, some ways around it if we're in tight communication with the election authorities and possibly law enforcement if it's necessary. Exactly. You know, one other area that comes up for schools, and we've kind of focused on facilities and, and how that all works as a polling place. But what about uh, if you do allow campaigning around the polling place on election day, signs and handing out literature? Does that mean that districts just have to allow their employees to participate in those activities? I mean, how's that work with our, our staff uh, being right there at the polling place? Well, again, if we go back and we look at what Missouri law has to say about it, there's really, there's a prohibition against a employer from telling an employee you can't participate in political activities when they're outside of the workplace. So if we talk about it in the context of a district employee during their workday at their school that's be also being used as a polling place, going out there and campaigning, when they're on our time, when they're being paid by the district, we can absolutely keep them from doing that. From because that would be using campaign. public funds to support a candidate or a ballot measure, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, similarly, if when they're out there, let's say they're not on their time, you know, their, their day has ended, uh, they're on their own personal time, and then they come back or they, you know, they clock out and then they, they walk outside and they start campaigning. If they're representing 
that their view is the district's view, that the district is somehow endorsing this candidate that they're campaigning for, we can also put a stop to that, even though they're on their personal time, because they're misrepresenting uh, the district's view on that, which the district's view would be, we don't have one. We're not supporting, we're not advocating, we're not opposing, none of that, because we're not permitted to do that. So that, that would be another instance where the district could step in in terms of uh, employees campaigning on, on district property. You know, I think I see that as a kind of a tough issue because especially for like our teachers who don't clock out, right? right. <laughs> you know, the, they're teachers. And so if they're a teacher at the school building, in the first instance, people are going to assume that they're there on behalf of the school. And so it's, a, you know, how do you keep that, you know, the public perception from being one where a reasonable observer would think that they are, you know, espousing a view on behalf of the school district. It's really difficult. I don't, you know, I don't know if you really can. And that's why these become such hot button issues and cause, cause so many problems. Yeah, I think trying to get ahead of it, not discouraging people from doing it, but just talking to someone, if you know that they're planning on doing it, saying, hey, listen, this is kind of the situation that comes up with this. Could you go to a different polling place and do this? Does it have to be here at school? Trying to find some kind of compromise there so we can try to put that uh, that line in place so people don't think that they're doing this as a district employee on behalf of the district. You know, I said that they don't really go off the clock, but you know, it uh, there is a related topic that applies to schools, employers, about leave to go and vote and whether or not an employee in Missouri has the right to have time off, if you will, to go and vote or perhaps even be an election judge. You want to talk a little bit about the leave to vote provisions and what how they work for schools? Yeah, so the, these two come directly from Missouri law under separate statutes. You know, the one about uh, a right to go vote or time to go vote, that's going to fall under 115.639. And then you'll see that in most of the policies through the policy services. If you have EGS, it's, uh, the, it's in the, actually in the employee manual. If you have MSBA policies, then it's GCBDA. And it talks about any employee is entitled, that's entitled to vote in an election if the polling places aren't open it for at least three hours, either before or after their workday starts or ends. So if they don't have a, a total of three hours consecutive to go vote, then they are entitled to leave to get to that three hours. So if the polling place opens at 8 a.m. and that's when the employee has to report to work and they get off at five, but the polling place closes at seven, they're entitled to at least an hour to go vote, an hour of leave, and we can't interfere with that. We have to give them that three-hour block to go vote. Similarly, there's another statute that talks about if you're an election judge. That's 115.102, and it's in the same spots where you'll find uh, in your policies, at least, or your employee manual information about leave to vote. And that says when an employee is an election judge, then on election day, they can be absent from their employment for the period of time that they're needed to serve as an election judge. They have to notify the, the district seven days prior that they'll be absent from work, but 
we can't take action against them. If they notify us seven days ahead, they get that day off. We can't tell them no. Uh, if we discharge them because of that, then they have the right to bring a, a lawsuit against the district and recover lost wages and any, any other damages, including attorney's fees and costs. So that one in particular can cause some issues. And what we find a lot of times is people aren't really aware of these. They don't think about them. And then election day comes and someone says, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be there uh, next week because I'm an election judge. And they say, well, that, that's just not going to work. We need you here at work. And they don't realize, hey, they have a legal right to do that. We can't interfere with it. So you you said with an election judge, they, they have to notify the school as the employer at least seven days prior, right? Correct. Is there anything that says how long in advance a somebody has to you know request that leave based on the three successive hour rule to go and vote that you're talking about? Yeah, it just has to be prior to the day of the election. There's no specific okay. time limit there. So it wouldn't be election day. It'd just be the day before at the latest. Okay. Well, hopefully we're getting those requests in advance of that so we can kind of look at it and make sure that uh, that the, they do have that three successive hour issue and aren't really going to have a reasonable opportunity to get to the polls and, and vote. But uh, good. All very, very, very helpful information, Tom. It's stuff that it doesn't really come up that often, but when it does, it kind of puts you in a bad place if you don't know and at least have a general idea about what some of the rules are that are in place that require schools to handle facilities in a particular way and handle school employees in a particular way. So, so I want to thank you, Tom for your insights today and uh, your thoughts on some of the polling parameters for schools. Thanks for having me. And thank you listeners for taking the time today to listen to Ed Council Insights. We hope you'll follow and share our podcast on social media and subscribe to hear upcoming episodes on current legal topics and issues related to school law. The podcast is available anywhere you would normally get your podcast, including Amazon, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or you can check us out at our website. Just Google Ed Council. That's E-D-C-O-U-N-S-E-L, all one word and you'll find us there. Glad we could be together, and thanks for listening to this edition of Ed Council Insights. <music>